Hey guys, this is Kevin with uh, Red River TV, 46 News, and I'm sitting here with Oklahoma Taxpayers United, um, Adam. <laughs> Isn't that all weird? Yeah, uh, you pretty much messed up that yeah, whole thing. So. I'm sorry. What are you, who are you? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Uh, I'm Odo. I'm with Oklahoma Taxpayers Unite. Okay. See, yeah. I said it all wrong. Yeah, it's okay. a call to action. This is Miles, some guy I met one time, and then I told him to keep coming over to hang yeah, out. Yeah, former congressional hopeful, now turned political activist. Oh, rising star in the Oklahoma GOP. Yep. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here, Keith. <laughs> and I'm, of course, Keith. Your faithful resident, um, SJW. I feel like Keith is a better name for someone with a beard. <laughs> it's RedRiver.tv. RedRiver.tv.com.ul.gov. <laughs> are we still doing a sound check or are we live right now? No, we're live right now. Oh, hell. Anyway, so this is, the, this is the podcast. And again, um, I guess it's like the pre-election. Um, pre-election results. Pre, yeah, pre-election results type podcast for the Oklahoma elections coming up today. So we have a few elections coming up today in Oklahoma. And um, I know you guys are watching a few of those. Which one are you guys watching and um, what and why? Well, I, I'm interested in the Oklahoma County Sheriff and uh, the CD5 race to which I got spanked uh, in the primary. Shellacked. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> well, a plurality of votes I did all right throughout the precincts. But uh, I am looking to see how that unfolds just because I think the general is going to be much more difficult given the bloodbath that's come after the primary and into the runoff. A lot yeah. going on in that race right now. Yeah. Huh? We have had um, a lot of dirty laundry aired out in the past several days. So uh, both camps and candidates and i assume probably kendra horn and her office and some of her allies in washington have started a mass dissemination of information oh yeah both Most stephanie bice and um terry niece so. i wouldn't even be surprised too if there was some situation where um she had her preferred person she wanted to go up against so she was actually putting out information just to kind of slant it one way or the other you got what do you got to think about that like Operation Chaos? Um, you know, I'd heard a little bit about that, uh, and there were some subsequent rumors about Kendra Horn's uh, affiliates uh, dumping a file of information on Terry uh, in D.C., but the prevailing suspicion is not that it's in an effort to uh, derail Terry's campaign and wind up against Stephanie Bice, uh, although I do believe that Kendra Horn would rather be up against Stephanie uh, in the general election. You think so? Yeah. I, I do. I, I, but I think that if I think that if uh, that if the objective from the Horn camp was that it would have happened a lot sooner and it would have happened here in Oklahoma rather than in dc yeah absolutely. i I think that i think that kendra horns um people have figured out that they're going to be up against terry niece in the general election at this point um you know terry had a double digit lead coming out yeah uh coming out of the primary well and statistically i mean primary winners are typically 70 percent more likely to come out in a runoff but i i think i'd take a different stance on that I, i feel that kendra horn is uh I think her campaign team would much more rather uh, face Terry Neese and Stephanie Bice. Although, you know, I, I um, you know, have chosen who I want to win, which is Terry Neese. I think that Terry Neese is going to have a much more difficult time in the age groups of 18 to uh, 24, 18 to 32, 
specifically the younger, because they've spent the last four years being uh, told by this media narrative, uh, Trump orange man bat. And Terry Neese is, you know, really stuck herself well to President Trump. And I would agree with that. So I think invigorating the youth to get out and support, you know, uh, when she's facing a um, general that's going to be identity politics ridden, I think it's going to be incredibly hard as well. You know, you're just some old white lady. You know, what do you know? Well, and that's a it's a good point. Um, I think that that loses uh, a little bit of its veracity whenever you start talking about the proportions with which those age age groups vote in compared to the age groups that tend to favor uh, charities. But here's the other reason why I think Stephanie Bice uh, falls short in a general and why Kendall Horn's team would much rather face Mm -hmm. uh, Stephanie Bice. Stephanie Bice's policy positions. and her rhetoric during the campaign are a lot closer to Kendra Horn. She's like a Kendra Horn light or a Kendra Horn 2.0. Uh, she's got a voting record of raising taxes and growing government, as well as a fellowship with the Aspen Institute, which is uh, on the progressive side of the spectrum, along with Sally's List and a lot of the groups that back Kendra Horn. Um, so I think that as far as uh, Stephanie trying to make the case in the general election, it, the there's not going to be any strong policy differences that Stephanie's going to be able to draw a line on, and therefore people are going to vote for what they voted for mm-hmm. before, which was well, what Kendra do you, Horn. What do you think voters are going to make of, like not the younger voters, the older voters are more like the the more Trump supporting um, voters going to take though the the photos floating around social media you see them everywhere with um i don't think they're going to see stephanie bice as a fighter with with uh with uh hillary clinton oh. and um well if anyone Neese. looks at that picture i mean you know just how do take you, a how look do people at the picture that if you haven't seen it i mean terry news looks disgusted in that picture <laughs> i mean right. so, uh, the only mm. thing i can picture her thinking about as well uh, i don't want to be the next fence foster is <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. And and that's maybe if Terry had an awareness of what was happening in Washington at that time. Remember, at that time, Terry had um, made her way in a man's world. She was she was appointed by the Bush one. She was. Yeah. Exa- and she was a successful businesswoman. You know, um, uh, the uh, NABO, I think it is the National Association of uh, Women Business Owners. Uh, she was in Washington trying to help other women advance yeah. themselves professionally um and even lately the uh, the other dirt that we've seen come out some recordings some tapes of some things that terry said in some training videos um i think it's a i think it's a poor tactical decision from what i believe was the bias camp to release these tapes because in the tapes Terry is uh, training people on how to create businesses centered around finding other people jobs. And Terry can boast that she has results to show. She got over 30,000 people quality jobs beforehand in the company. And I mean, the art, and, the, and a lot of times in the art of sales, too, it's not often just like pink roses and things like that. You know, this is a messy. Well, thing. I mean, it yeah. was yeah. a man's world. And it's and personnel right. management. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's not it's not something like that. But um. All right. The next, moving on to the next thing. Unless you guys have oh wait, yeah, actually, um, I I uh, I suspected that Miles would have an interest in the CD five race, but he mentioned another very important race going on here in Oklahoma County. Yes, Yes, yes. Oklahoma County. And actually, you know, I I know I spoke with his camp, the um, 
Tommy Johnson. Tommy Johnson. Yeah. Spoke with Tommy Johnson's camp. I just did. I couldn't. I didn't have time to interview him, but I really wish I could have got him in here to interview. Yeah. I really wish him. Well He's a busy guy too. Race. He's a police officer. Yeah. He's super busy, and I didn't want to disrespect his time because I really didn't have time to give to. Him. I spoke to him this weekend, and you know, we, we talked about the primary, and I, I, I told him, I, you know. I'm praying for him. I, I really I think, think a lot of people pull are pulling for him. He's a really good dude. Yeah. And the guy we have him right now is just not, he's not what Oklahoma yeah, City Yeah, Sanctuary well, I think City he's disenfranchising a lot of the Republican Party by going after Kevin County, our county commissioner, with the FOP. I mean, that's just, that's just not good strategy. Well, and for anybody that's still wondering, like, I, you know, I have a vested interest or had a vested interest in this race. I was the campaign manager for one of the candidates uh, in the primary cycle, Mike McCulley, who was actually a deputy at the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office and was blowing the whistle against P.D. Taylor, the current sheriff in Oklahoma County, and the uh, OCSO FOP 155, the uh, union there that uh, has an incestuous relationship mm-hmm. with this sanctuary city sheriff. Um, but uh, afterwards, after the uh, primary cycle, Mike endorsed, happily endorsed Tommy Johnson for sheriff yeah. as well. And I, I think it speaks volumes that you have someone come from within the department not sheriff pd taylor that wants to uh that wants to replace him and is pointing out the areas where that job can correct me if i'm wrong but mike mccauley he was fired during the primary from the yeah yeah yeah, he was yes there's a lot of shady stuff with with Mm -hmm. that situation i mean the guy had a crazy story to tell he was he seemed like a really good real solid guy. he was a corpsman and a veteran as well yeah Yeah, and really really nice guy i met him whenever I was uh, here in February. I was still active duty, but I came here for one of the district events and I didn't know who he was. I didn't know he was running. I met him at a Walmart and I knew that, uh, but we had met, I guess, previously back last August when I came back to Canvas and he knew who I was, but I had no idea who I, who he was. And he was just such a personable, caring individual. And through the time I've known Mike, I cannot see an evil bone in his body. Yeah, I seem like a really cool dude. Yeah, no. And they, um, so I'll, since this is Red River TV and I'm Moto and Oklahoma Taxpayers Unite has a tendency to name names and really be in the trenches on the ground on this stuff. I'll tell you, um, one of the most egregious things that we saw Sheriff Taylor do was he released uh, an inmate with a 48-hour detainer on them from ICE, a federal law enforcement agency. 90 minutes into a 48-hour hold at 1.30 in the morning, Sheriff Taylor calls the Dallas office and says, come come and get this guy. Oh, After wow. he had been run in on rape charges, well, he the irony of tore some that. woman's clothes off in front of her oh, five-year-old child. But let, me, let me tell you why. Uh, Sheriff P.D. Taylor was doing that. It's because he was colluding with uh, our Democrat county commissioner that's here in Oklahoma County, Carrie Bloomert, uh, whose handler is Anna Langthorne, a hardcore DNC operative here in Oklahoma, because they were promising Sheriff Taylor Democrat support in this wow. election because well, Sheriff Taylor yeah. knew that he wasn't going to get support from the Republican Party. I think it's irony because I, I saw a P.D. Taylor video online uh, maybe a few days ago. Hey, and one of the things me. one of the things he uh, commented on was that uh, he established an ICE present at the county jail whenever it was open. But now it just makes me think, OK, was that you or was that just the county jail officials? establishing that presence and you're just yeah i saw i saw your regard for ice i mean literally 
ICE put out a press release from their official page condemning the sheriff's office for the wow. way that they're refusing to cooperate uh, in regards to illegal immigrant aliens. And I'll remind people, all right, the uh, narrative too often in the mainstream media slips into this place where these people come from nowhere. They don't come from nowhere. They're citizens of other places. They're from other places. They belong other places. They didn't come from the ether. So – like this was an El Salvadorian well, I think we're slipping into a, a more dynamic conversation. So maybe let's get this back <laughs> yeah, on track. All right, all right, Anyways, okay, those are the two can, elections that yeah, I would say, Kevin, we need to pay very close good. attention okay. to. Okay. Then the next subject we're going to talk about is um, Kenosha, Wisconsin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Do you guys know? I, I have no Kenosha. idea. Kenosha, Wisconsin. If you're in Wisconsin, I'm sure you pronounce it totally Just don't pronounce, uh, mispronounce Kamala. Or, yeah. is, is it Kamala? I don't know how to say it. And I'm supposed to be in the know, I guess, for some reason. I don't know, according to Democrats. But um, <laughs> Kamala, Carmel, it's not Carmel, though, which is delicious. But anyway. Um, Back to Wisconsin. Now Kenosha, this. Wisconsin. Okay, serious topic. Kenosha, Wisconsin is on fire after riots broke out when a black man was shot seven times by police while resisting, so. while resisting arrest and trying to enter his vehicle. The man who was shot was Jacob Blake. He has a long police record that includes pulling guns on police, assaulting police officers, assaulting women, sexual assault. Why do the media and political leader, leaders refuse to take these kinds of things into account when they speak on these highly charged issues? Because you saw a lot of these, you saw the governor, you saw a lot of Democrat officials come out and immediately condemn the police and blame the police. When you have a man trying to go into his car and the police know this guy pulls guns on cops. He, she, so just, he hurts cops. Just to clarify, so are, you saying that the, car. are you saying that the city's on fire, rightfully so, or are you saying good shoot? I'm saying good shoot. Good shoot. Okay. All right. So what, well. what do you why why do why do they not take these things into account? Well, I'm going to quote my friend Kim Klasik, who's running in Baltimore. Is uh, she has a viral video right now at, where she walks up and uh, says, "Do you care about uh, black lives?" It's because Democrats don't care about black lives. It, it's that plain and simple. If they did. They would not be trying to push this narrative of some individual, another individual getting shot in the back. It is very clear. And, you know, I mean, you're we're all veterans here. So I don't know how much training you guys have had, but is if someone's hands are not visible and you've tried to detain them. And they're trying at all costs to go to their vehicle. I mean, it, they have a history. There's of a clear line of succession in, you know, the hierarchy of what a threat is. Yeah. He was a threat. And, you know, I, I, I'm thankful to God that he's not dead, you know, because that, you know, a life lost is a tragedy nonetheless, but he's in serious condition. But the reality is, is he was shot in good uh, standing with the police. And I just, this narrative and it, it's frightening almost because we see how quickly chaos ensued they burned down the car dealership an entire lot of new cars and it was set ablaze is how entrenched are these political activists for marxists and they can spin these things up real quick and their network needs to be dismantled and you know the great thing is is uh, that the sense of comfort i come uh from my end is i know that you know there are operators all throughout the united states you know it who when that time comes, the three uh, yeah. percent uh, will stand up and save our country, save our liberty. But you know, we're not. We're seeing the Democrats push this narrative, 
And then these underlying networks are just being activated to just instill chaos and fear. Okay. So um, for you, the question is, um, with all this going on, every single time we see something like this happen, or even the appearance of something like this happen, we have these riots, we have these, these things that... People, you know, they call them peaceful protests. We call them riots. But when do we start calling these things what they really are? This is insurrection. Or would you consider this insurrection? Would you consider this hot in the, in the Civil War aspect? It goes hot, then it goes cold. Would you consider this the, the beginnings of something like that? Um, I would. And uh, the reason is not so much the activity, but the leverage and uh, the power players that are behind it. So, uh, you know, we have watched this same Alinsky uh, globalist methodology put to use in countries all over um, Eastern Europe and the Middle East where you go in and it's the protectors against the protected, it's the veterans against the population, it's the haves versus the have-nots, or in a lot of cases, a religious minority, or mm. in our case, uh, it's based on skin color. And so you've got these groups, these these NGOs and these nonprofits that are masquerading at like as uh, and and behaving like they're above the above governments, local yeah. and international, and they're actively working to turn the citizens against their against their leaders and against their culture and against their values mm. and against our constitution. It only takes one action. I mean, you know, is I, I think I made a joke before oj was mostly peaceful the entire night except for that hour he was killing his wife but is i mean think about this is uh john wilkes booth he he had a mostly peaceful night i mean you know yeah there was that moment he shot the president of the united states and then the rest of the night he spent you know hiding out in a theater but is the reality that his one action of his one insurrect act right had such a large turn in the reconstruction period imagine imagine how much different you know uh just politics would look today with reconstruction following through and what abraham lincoln you know uh, mm -hmm. foresaw but is that one act and that one moment of insurrection it had ripple effects and so for every action we're seeing today is there is an insurmountable uh, ripple of a butterfly effect, if you will, that is, it's just tearing into our core of a nation. Well, here's the surreal part. And the reason that I think we are on the precipice of something very serious that we're already seeing in these large cities, uh, it might, it might get you banned on YouTube, but, uh, I'll say his name, uh, Jordan Peterson has a, a lecture the intellectual uh, on, dark on web YouTube. If you will, yeah. yeah uh like the seriously like youtube banning jordan peterson if that wasn't a red flag for you but anyways um he has this lecture uh, i think it was a chapter in one of his books uh said he says you would have been a nazi and the proposition is that if you were in germany and you were german at uh, at the time when not when hitler took over you would have it, by slow by acclamation mm -hmm. uh, you would have become a nazi yeah, just by behavioral I think I've listened to that norms yes there's yeah. he he talks about a, a book that highlights a police unit that went to poland and they weren't soldiers yeah. they were police officers and their commander gave them a chance to go home you know like hey we're gonna have to do terrible things here but be out of their camaraderie and common values mm -hmm. and not wanting to leave the next man to do the job and whatnot they slowly became nazis so what we're seeing in these large cities 
is we're seeing mayors and city council people and uh, political operatives getting on board and taking the mark of the beast Slowly. and stepping aside and defunding step the, the police and First al- it was, allowing this yeah. to happen. And so for all of us that are still out here in the sane part of the United States, mm-hmm. we're looking in going, how in the world are you letting that happen? But in these cities, like these Democrat mayors and city council people, they've become Nazis essentially, as far as like the transition or the mm. comparison between Nazi Germany and slowly converting and these big cities slowly converting to allow this madness to yeah. happen. People are dying. Businesses are closing. They're all, all of it based on one end game, get Donald Trump out of office. Absolutely. No concern for the lives of their citizens or the health of the economies in their cities uh any really even uh saving any face as far as public appearance goes you know like when you have mayors actively going out of their way to notify targets of ice raids that yeah. the authorities are coming so that they can get out that's of that subversive behavior it, it right is there. that's tra- that's, it's traitorous that's it what is. you create that's what civil wars are created off of things mm-hmm. like that because i think a lot of people see that and it's it's i think it is generally confusing to a lot of people, but when you're inside that system, you know, things do become normal. You know, the riots start to become almost a normal everyday thing. And before it was like, oh, well, these are mostly peaceful. And then they said, oh, well, these are riots, but they're justified. So that's what they're saying now. What is it? We're democracy now, dies in darkness. Yeah. We're, we're at the part where these, these are justified riots. And before too long, it's going to move on to, oh, it's justified killings. And they're going to be killing cops because they're already targeting cops. Yeah. Punch Nazi. The where they're starting to go to, people's homes so i before too long they're going to start doxing these cops and i will say to you they they get to that point if you're a cop you need to just pop smoke and get out of there i'm really surprised i'm really surprised that more law enforcement officers haven't done that already you know i would think that i mean you look at the story after story after story that these policemen are taking early retirement or they're leaving they're resigning their commissions and all these other things well, it's so, like I mean, the Overton window is getting smaller and smaller for the political left. And I mean, it's apparent because uh, Dinesh Souza says the two cultures in America are decency and indecency. And when you have uh, Netflix releasing a, oh, a, video, uh, a show about an 11 year old twerking and yeah, it's rated TV mature is just how far are we allowing the Overton window you know, to um, to move? And we, we can't uh, we can't continue this insanity because if we do, we're as all of the people that have some decency left are going to fight for it. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to take a hard pivot, I think, towards the normalization of pedophilia right now, because there's a bridge, uh, an overpass coming down I-44 here in Oklahoma oh, hashtag City. Save the children. Uh huh. And hashtag save the kids. And um that's uh, the masses waking up to the reality of the fact that we have elites in Washington, D.C., Hollywood, London, countries all over the world who are actively trafficking and sexually abusing children, uh, humans, but so children ever, especially, so ordering them in a box off the Internet. And, and the, statistically speaking, the Super Bowl every year. Uh, accounts for uh, per capita the largest um, uh, the largest amount of human sex and child trafficking in yeah, one I day. Yeah, I read that. I read that a few years ago. 
Yeah. And so is crazy. what is it it's just coincidence? No, I mean, it's yeah, a bunch you of powerful a meeting people. where the most wealthy people in the world probably then those tickets are astronomically high. So there's a lot of very wealthy people. It's not to say thing, that all so. of these, you know, uh, you know, obviously it doesn't matter how much money's in your wallet. You can still be a bad actor. But unfortunately, we're seeing, you know, Jeffrey Epstein was a billionaire of billionaires. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Listen, Epstein killed himself. Okay. I don't know yeah, if you guys know absolutely. this or not, but he killed himself. You're absolutely. Right. He killed himself. Okay. Oh, actually, before we move on, I saw something interesting with uh, President uh, Trump. There was a reporter that finally asked him about this save the kids, save our children. Oh, okay. Yeah, she she said, that. you know, it's reported that you're saving the world from this ring of uh, m- mastermind mm-hmm. pedophiles. And he said, oh, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that, but if I'm saving people, that's good. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to put myself out there. So, like low-key saying, yes. I'm so, like, is that supposed to be? He, he said, I think what he said first was he said, is, is that, that supposed thing? to be a bad is thing? A yeah, bad is that thing? supposed to be a bad thing? Like it's it's really she, happening. She really had nothing to say to that. But people can't cope with that. People's no, minds can't, can't wrap can't. around the fact that this has really been happening and that we've been quiet and allowed it to take place. Okay, so the next story. Well, moving on, the next story is um, this one is um out of the out of NPR. It's a report they just put out a couple of days ago, and um, it's them. I'll just read what it says. An NPR report said more than five hundred and fifty thousand primary absentee ballot re- were rejected across the United States in twenty twenty, far pace in twenty sixteen. How can Democrats say that? mail-in ballots are perfectly fine when we continue to see these issues now they had they they went there there the story went state by state and in some of these states you saw very close primary elections between democrat and democrat and republican and republican where these kind of votes would have made the difference you know you have some states where it's fifty thousand hundred thousand in california hundred thousand absentee ballots were thrown out so this, is a very, had, this is a very easy question so they had instances where they threw or they just some some of them the mail just miraculously lost a hundred thousand bags a hundred thousand ballots they're just sitting in a bag somewhere and they found them and it was yeah. too late then other ones where they said the signature was different than what was supposed to be so they all these different reasons of why they rejected all these ballots and they said five hundred thousand was on the low side now mind you this is NPR this is left wing so. 500,000 ballots, and mind you, it's probably somewhere around 750,000. This is just what they're counting. So it's probably more than this. Yeah. We're going to have more people doing this in the in the, the general election than ever before. Um, what I mean, what do you guys make of Real this? simple. They don't care about our elections. They don't care about our election <laughs> process, Kevin. They Whatever got- they know. Here's the thing. Let me put this in context for you out of the gate. They know 100% that they cannot beat Donald J. Trump. They know that they can't. And when the Democrat Party loses this election also, it, it's going to implode. It's are, gonna they be, gonna, are they going to lose? Yeah, unequivocally, invariably, yes. Unless they can pull off some crazy wild shenanigans about you know, we'll mail in a, they, a bunch they of got, votes. They got the kill switch set up already with Facebook. All the social media companies, if you didn't know this, social media companies are setting up a kill switch. Essentially what this kill switch is, because they'll frame it any way they want to frame it, is essentially the night of when they steal this election, they're going to boot off all high-level Trump officials that try to come out and say this election was rigged. They're going to censor them. So they're going to essentially 
censor the entire situation. So what do you, I mean, what do you, how do you, when you factor that in? It's too late. It's, it's really too late. It honestly is like too many people are awake. We've all started our own outlets. We've got our own signals band dot video. Like it's the, the world is it's 1776 worldwide. You know, no matter what you think about all these various different uh, outlets and independent news medias and alternative journalists. I'm going to take a different turn on this just, you know, to ignite conversation and thought is we have like Washington Post, democracy dies in darkness. But uh, there's a misconception in 2016 that uh, was forwarded by the mainstream media that the polls were stacked against Donald Trump. I mean, New York Times had their uh, meter at 98% Hillary Clinton, 2% Donald Trump. But the polls Why am I not were 50 spot ahead? on. This polls were spot on showing Donald Trump. I mean, he says internal polls uh, and just... The reality today is the polls are not looking that good. I mean, even in CD5, the polls have it lean Democrat. And that's just not one. That's several. And so, again, is we, we you, you mentioned it being a 70 to 76, you know, around the United States. But even these um, you say they don't care about elections. I, I, I'm more under the perception that the people pulling the levers really pulling the levers behind it they don't care about elections but i think that the people they're puppets if you will well, yeah the, the democrat the, the party democrat doesn't care about their own elections and have gotten to such a point of um uh, cognitive dissonance if you will to where they don't actually realize they obvious they you know they have to be red pills, you know, like take a medication well, to the, understand but it. That's here's the thing though. The whole DNC and the nomination process this cycle was even a joke. Like it, you, you had three of your leading uh possible nominees drop out of the race the day before Super Tuesday. Klobuchar, they were ha- the elections were in her state on Super yeah, Tuesday and pretty, she dropped out it was all to ensure and make sure that that Joe Biden had the numbers and was the nominee, just like in 2016, why, they did whatever why, they had why, to do to keep Bernie. Why from, Joe Biden? Because he's because he's the most controlled. I still think they're going to swap Hillary. Hold on, hold on. Are, is he the most controlled, or is it that the populace at large wasn't ready for the progressiveness of Bernie? That's my question because it feels like them putting Joe Biden, who you know. Um, is cognitive wherewithal, you know, that's up in the air. But putting him there is they wanted Bernie. They are pushing the Green New Deal. These powers that be are pushing these radical policies. So is it really that they, you know, uh, wanted Joe Biden because he's controllable? Or is it because... They realized, wait a minute, the populace doesn't like Bernie as much well, as we they Well, listen, they weren't going to do Medicare for all under Bernie or Joe Biden. That's all a pitch line to stir up uh, support from the left. And a lot of people have figured that out, and they've left Bernie, and they are voting for Trump. Because Medicare they realize for all doesn't Trump. have to be le- no, legislated. What, I, is, it what can I'm, take what an I'm saying is that action it, one you're, of these you're, you're, you're partially correct, I think, in, in what you're – in what or we're saying the same thing, I think, partially in the fact that – the the Democrat Party under no circumstances wants to do the things that they're promising. That's not what they're there for. They're they're there to campaign on those problems, not solve those problems, anyways. But policies. they know it's worth they I, know it's worthless policy. So it, I, I disagree. I don't think Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Ariana Presley, or Rashida Tlaib. I don't think those four, which are the new Democratic Party. 
I don't believe but that these, they're so they're, detached. They the I think be, they though. believe it. I, well, they I, the they're not be, the, they're they not true, the, the true believers because you need the true believers. They, yeah, they're not the, the Democrat engine. Party. Either. And that's, then you have the people behind them that are going to be. That's you know, the that's at worst that. at worst that's a that's a, a minority a radical minority that they've lost control of like they lost they forgot to bring the spike to okay put in but the we're, we're, hold on hold on we're saying is we'll say it for those four being the radical minority but then on the same token we're going to say that these Black Lives Matters these anarchists that are uh, being perverted into this chaos is that there we're saying that there is a do method they, behind do that they madness. represent the majority opinion of the democrat party do you think well it doesn't even matter if they represent I don't the majority of to. the opinion it matters whether or not they're connected to a majority of the control within the democrat party it's not about it's not about what their their policies it's not about no i'm talking i'm not talking about the control i'm talking political about the mental opinions. state of the voters no no but yeah and, and that's what and that's what i'm saying individuals so 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 the ones that you listed even they might because they're completely ridiculous believe that bernie sanders still wants to get medicare for all but that's total hogwash anyone uh, watching can see that bernie it folds like a cheap suit immediately yeah he's just a pitch he's just a pitch man he's out, he's never been out there to seriously okay take so control of the Democrat what do you think party. about them what do you what do you make of them picking the most progressive senator um i would even say compared to bernie sanders to be his vp because that would easily you can and put that, the most that, person and, and in that's the White what I'm House saying. The method time. behind the madness because Joe Biden, he would be 86 whenever he gets out of a second term. There's, I doubt he'll make it through the first two what if years. He's still, what if he's still a placeholder? What if he doesn't even make it to the debates? What, what if he strips down naked and jumps in the reflecting pool or something, and Madam Secretary gets? They'll just say out that's culture, and you, you're a bigot if you don't. It's a understand. big what if. We've got to deal <laughs> with the what is and what is right now. Clinton Harris, a, 2020. There, there's yeah. a method behind here. the madness of uh, Kamala Harris being selected as the progressive that she is. Well, Charlemagne the the God already told mentality. you what that was about. He said outright, he said, Joe, please go ahead and pick a woman of color as your VP so I can be enthusiastic about voting for you. Charlemagne the God said it out, I mean, word for word in one of his shows. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense, though, also when you think about it, too, because he already has the black vote on lock. Where are they going to go? No, he doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Trump is getting record I, yeah, numbers of the black vote. I, he is. He is. I mean, he doesn't need a lot. But takes fifteen percent yeah, of the black vote. Fifteen percent, and it, we're we're in their goal. He's getting record numbers in the but Latino community from, as well. But you think from their perspective, what they believe, not the the smart people behind them. I'm talking about what they believe. They believe he knows. He thinks all black people think the same. He's that old school Democrat mentality. Yeah, that if you don't vote for me, you're not black. All black, exactly. People, all minorities well, think that's the same. The, yeah. All black people think the same because every black person I met, that's why Obama was different to him. Obama well, and was, automatically, wow, if they don't vote for him, nice. they're not black. So he's it just clean. takes them out of the problem. There, he's the cleanest black person I ever met. He talks good. His clothes look right. He's so mainstream. Long legged Mac Daddy. Because th he thinks that black people are the black people that he met when he was a a pool when he worked at the pool. When he was back in, in Delaware, corn pop. He, he thinks <laughs> he was all, a bad dude. He thinks all black people are corn pop. That's in his mind. As bigoted as that sounds, you know. Oh. And, I, and I, you know, me and my buddies, we we have a lot of large Facebook groups and stuff like that. We, you know, we talk behind the scenes and stuff. And um, we had a long conversation. A Facebook group. We had we had a long conversation, almost a debate about whether or not I whether or not we thought that Joe Biden was actually racist. I actually don't think Joe Biden's racist. I think he's a bigot. 
I just think he's a bigot. Because um, think about it like this. Okay, before you go, you're going to bring up all the super predators and all that stuff. When you look at Boys in the Hood in the 90s, were those not super predators? Did those I, people not deserve to get locked I up? I can't comment on that. You'll have to ask Miles. Or <laughs> when he was fighting for um, the, all the reforms he did in the 90s, did those people not need to get locked up? Because did, yeah. we don't need to be going out making the argument that Joe Biden's the law and order I, listen, candidate by saying he locked up all I these will black give you people. This. Kamala Harris locked up all these black people. Suburban white women are going to say, oh, they're locking up people that I don't like? I don't, oh, let me elect them. I don't think that I don't Joe Biden... I think Bi- that's the narrative. I don't think that Joe Biden is a racist in the sense that I think he will sniff children of all colors. <laughs> I don't think... Well, I never saw him sniff a black girl so, so, or a black person. So well, to be maybe fair, he the is racist. Obama Obama girls were behind the scenes yeah. most of the time. So, we, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Did he sniff Obama? This has gone girl. too far. Okay, so back back to the main the main question. Do you do you got do you think Obama? Do you think Biden's racist, or do you think it's a no? I, I think he is a person of his time. I mean, it's to, like it's the same mentality of holding. Uh, you know, uh, well, I guess I'm first generation here, and you're black, and so you're white, so your ancestors were slave No, holders. no, I'm identifying <laughs> as a Filipino woman today. All right, it's good. Well, it's, good. it's, it's, it's the same cultural. mentality of you know holding ancestors responsible, uh, or holding you responsible for the sins of your ancestors. Is Joe Biden grew up in a time that was completely uh-huh. different. However, there are significant red flags in his history and uh, yeah. being around Segre- very prominent segregationists. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, the only part where you can kind of get me. The school stuff, I don't buy that because no one liked the no one liked busing at all when it was going on. A lot of 47 like years. Busing. He, has been in, very he has been in the United States Senate 47 years. He was elected at 29 years old. Now, let, let's just think about the time when that was. When... The Civil Rights Act, just a few years prior, was passed, what, 80 to uh, 20, uh, or I'm sorry, Not it was voted ago. against. Not that long ago. To, can we talk about the fact that he can't Democrat. read the back of a cereal box? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's, to finish this off, the last part is, we, we how do we get um, back to what I was kind of saying before about the narratives? The, the narrative people put forth about Kamala Harris is that she's going to lock people that, oh, in California, she was locking people up. She was tough on crime. She's not. A or cop. when Joe Biden was in the Senate, he was tough on crime. It was really kind of stupid. Do, how do honestly. we stop conservatives from saying that argument? Because how do we say in that argument, these people are tough on crime? And then the other argument, they're supporting the riots. They're against the cops. I, those two things don't make sense. So either they need to be either they're either they're pro cop and they're going to lock people up. Or either they're anti-cop and they wanted the cities to burn down. Or most, is it both? What do you think? Because my, my thing is, this is where I land. Sorry to interrupt you again. Yeah, but these are chameleons. They'll be whoever they got to be in that moment. Yeah, so if they got to be lock them up, they'll lock them up. If they got to go with the globalists and open the borders back up and ship your jobs overseas and shut down conservatives and lock up Trump, they'll do that too. Well, that's, that's the Democrat strategy. It's not hard. No, being a, absolutely being a not conservative hard. and being a Republican is different than being a populist and just finding going out and sending a bunch of pollsters out to find yeah. out what you think people want to hear and then go out and say that. Yeah, like that's a different it's a different approach to governance, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, or to our civic duty. Um, but as far as um, as far as the different narratives go, I do think it was kind of stupid to go with Kamala Harris because like very cringe. He, he's going to lock up all the delegates from California anyways. They weren't in 
it, they weren't in danger of losing it. Like, why not get somebody from a swing state and try to? Yeah, it does. No, most of that doesn't make sense because I, he already had the black. I'm glad you went back to that. Either the black vote isn't going any from their perspective. The black vote isn't going anywhere. They are going to lock up California already. Really, the honest choice was Klobuchar. That's what I was worried about. I was concerned. I was like, oh, Klobuchar, because she can go out there and she's, uh, I'm just an old gal from, I forgot, which Miss Milwaukee and I blah, blah, blah. Well, and, and thank God the Democrat Party gave the cold shoulder God to that. Tulsi Gabbard. Like, thank God they <laughs> oh, did our they work did for that, us on then Tulsi Gabbard. you got Gabbard, a bridge like. situation where you got someone who people on the right she can legitimately pull Man. people from the right i had people that supported tulsi you know, that i was like mommy tulsi i know you remember that trending on twitter mommy but tulsi but here's it but here's and here's the deal <laughs> and i hope that all the democrats out there that happen to watch this which probably won't be that many by this point yeah but uh if you see this i i, I want to let you know it's not about whether or not you are a radical rabid leftist liberal okay that's not it if you're if you're registered as a democrat in America in 2020, then you're an anti-American subversive terrorist. And the reason is because your vote doesn't matter. It's all about what the superdelegates decide within the Democrat Party. And the Democrat Party is run by anti-American globalists that hate this country, that hate our culture, that hate our constitution, and hate our president. So it's time for you to divest the Democrat Party of your political capital and register as an independent if you want to. Uh, if you want to do the right thing, then go out and register as a Republican or a Libertarian. But I, I think it boils close, down. To, I think it boils down to culture and and where we see ourselves now and the defining the biggest reality of the American um, experiment, if you will, is which is American charity is we are allowing a narrative to be spewed that is just uh, targeted and so much so that we miss out on having a narrative and having a dialogue of, you know, people suffering even within our own uh, borders. And so if we're hoping to change the narrative that's being uh, thrown is we've got to play, we've got to fight fire with fire and we've got to show them, you know, it's why is it that the ratio that hit Iowa left half a million people without power? You know, not, I'm not yeah. sure most of them even have power yet, but why is that half a million people in middle America not worthy of your time and coverage is by expressing that reality is because everyone can get around the idea that Americans, you know, we're charitable. If someone needs our help, I mean, for goodness sake, we're the only country who has gone around and fought wars and not expected land in return. Yeah. So, and that's not dispositive of who's, you know, whether you're Democrat or Republican, that's just Americanism. And so if we are going to fight fire with fire, it's about bringing the discussion back to, okay, what is our culture going to be? And yeah, is a, you're wanting to, you know, uh, destroy the nuclear family. You're wanting to destroy, you know, churches. You're wanting to criminalize churches or is it, you know, let's care about our own people. Let's give a damn about our own people. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the biggest factor, not, not just in this race, because, you know, Kamala Harris, I don't think that she's been in a position of leadership on her own two feet that she's had to make real decisions about caring no, they were no, about here. people. Absolutely not. Willie Brown. <laughs> she's, she's, well, she's never had her, her entire career. She's never been challenged by anything. 
She's 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 and glided I'm, she's glided all the way up into the position. And that's the now. great thing because the top ten percent wealthiest Americans, ninety percent of them were not in the top ten percent when they were born. And so it's the ability, upward mobility, and the American dream, being able to you know have that real uh, I don't know uh, reality check of what matters to you. I think that's mm -hmm. so important in you know uh, defining you know culture and you know a culture of decency and uh i don't think right now that the democrat party and the minds the loudest minds at least are going to uh are going to go away unless we start playing fire with fire because uh i mean article 230 of the communications act i mean that's actively being looked at because whenever we try and have that argument we're censored on social media yeah absolutely and so and this is more than likely going to get censored this video right here oh yeah absolutely well especially uh if we were to close talking about all the amazing things that president trump has done so i'm not <laughs> well, worried either that, that or either. i'm not worried about who the democrats <laughs> run against president trump uh for a couple of reasons um, mm -hmm. because he's achieved record economic success because some of his first actions were signing VA accountability and veterans choice because he's actually bringing troops home from foreign conflict yeah. and refusing to engage yeah. in destabilization campaigns and proxy wars. Uh, peace, uh, in the middle, peace in the middle East is now a realistic idea for oh, us. Absolutely. Maybe not for them. But at least we're I, not I, I'm be sorry. Is, he should be on you know the short list for a Nobel Peace Prize oh, for the UAE and the uh, Israeli. And that's abroad here at I home. Mean, that, criminal justice reform that even Van Jones called a Christmas miracle. You know, yeah. like record funding to historical two hundred and thirty-five is it uh, judges appointed conservative in nature. I mean, the Ninth Circuit Court, which you know has been overturned seventy percent by the Supreme Court, now has a, um, a lean conservative majority on it. Record number of human and and child sex trafficking arrests. Who yeah. who on the Democrat side is going to fault uh, or spin that against President Trump? I don't think anybody. Well, it's, I think they believe it's going to be someone from uh, Delaware in his basement. Yeah. So it's probably yeah exactly. So it's you know <laughs> and and uh, on that note too the the final thing I'll talk about that President Trump has done is uh, we watched him at the convention. He's in person. We're having a convention yeah. with real people. You know, yeah. it's like this president is not afraid of dictators. He's not afraid of fake news. He's not afraid of a Rocket virus man. that has a point zero three death rate if you're under sixty five years old. Like they're like he's he's fearless. And sometimes you get the president that you need, and sometimes you get the president that you deserve. And we did not deserve. President Donald John Trump, what we sure as hell needed him. So if you've made it this far listening to this podcast and you have not gone to vote today, you need to go vote. Is fine is you've got time to listen to this. Please go vote. Do your uh, civic duty and make sure that the right people get in office. That's excellent way to close. Anyway, until next time, I want to thank um Miles and Adam for showing up here. Yep. And um, thank you, Keith. Causing a little ruckus. And um <laughs> I'm Keith with Red River TV 46 News. River and, and VT. <laughs> and that's it. Peace out, man.